This is Annie Gamers Podcast number 31, recorded on Friday, June 6th, 2010, from a world without skateboards. Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. Today I've got two guests with me. The first is my usual co-host, Mitchie D. I am a very tired Mitch Dyer. <laughs> and uh, the second co-host is Baka Tanuki, a.k.a. Evan Krell. A.k.a. Evan number two, since we've yeah. got two... Inferior Evan. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, greetings, comrades. I'm from, I'm pretty, I'm the admiral of insertdisc.com. There's a dash in between the insert There's and the disc, dash, by the yes. way. <laughs> and, uh, Evan will actually, this, this information will probably be out on the site soon, because it's not announced at the time of this recording, but, uh, Baca will be writing for Gamers along with Llewellyn, who's also from Insert Disc. So that's pretty exciting. Woohoo. Anyway, let's get on to what we've been doing. Uh, Baca, do you want to start? Because Mitchie already opted out. Okay, so I had been saving up all my money for Otakon and not buying Mario Galaxy 2, but then I was in a store and they had Mario Galaxy 2, and the rest is history. What a devious plot. That's how they get you. <laughs> Put it in the store, man. I know. It's like, it's like I try to escape it, but it's there. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it kept haunting me. So I just broke down, and I spent 50 bucks, and, but, oh, man. I was playing it all last night, and it's like having pure platforming joy punched into your face. Oh, man. I have a question. Yes. I only kind of liked Galaxy. I mean, it was good, but I didn't lose my shit over it like everybody else. I just thought it was good. I, I didn't finish it. I got a, only got a few planets in, and I got kind of bored. Should I play Galaxy 2, or should I finish Galaxy 1, or should I skip altogether? Well, like, I think Galaxy 2, from what I've played so far, the level design seems better. Like, by not having to make a new engine and by having everything ready, they were able to really focus on having the best design possible. But if you didn't really like the first one, I'm not sure this would completely convince you otherwise. I don't know that I didn't like it. It was just a matter of... I don't know if it was, like, wrong time, wrong place kind of situation, but I I put it in and I played it, and I played a few planets, and I realized this is good. But it's not really grabbing me the same way everybody else fell in mm. love with it. So I enjoyed what I played, but it didn't just completely hook me like I thought it would. Hmm. Well, like, I I think I'm liking it better. I haven't played it that much yet. I'm, a, I'm several planets in, but I'm enjoying it more than the first one. It, it Does kind it of, still have the, the whole thing where it's like the solution to everything is spinning? I wouldn't really... Mm, no, I don't think so. Because I that was I, I really did like the first game, but that kind of bothered me about it. There was a lot of stuff where it was like, oh no, how do I solve this puzzle? Oh right, I just waggle the Wiimote and Mario spins and that solves everything. Well, you know, Yoshi has nothing to do with spinning and seems to be utilized a lot. So, Yoshi is really well done. Um, like, not just thrown in because it's Yoshi. And the levels are... The Yoshi stages are made where you, like, have to use Yoshi. It's not like a Super Mario World where he kind of made it easier but wasn't necessary. So they really could build levels around the fact that you have to use Yoshi, and that was pretty neat. Uh, anything else about that, or moving on? I guess that's about it, because I'm not really that far in yet, but it does seem like they really put all their best design into it. It's really, I'm really loving it. Whether it will top my controversial choice of Sunshine as being the best 3D Mario, well, I'll have to see. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sunshine was okay. I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did. No, I didn't hate it either. You like Sunshine more than Galaxy 1? Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, I would not agree with that, but Sunshine was not bad. That's even less popular opinion than mine that, yeah, Galaxy 2 is just good. See, and you know what? My least favorite is Super Mario 64. (laughs) <laughs> is that because of hindsight or was that at the time you were like oh this is awful because of um, hindsight that game is fucking terrible 
<laughs> it's more like when you at first I like it and at the time I liked it but I wasn't as it's like you're how you said that you weren't as into um galaxy as people were at the time that's kind of how I felt about Mario 64 and in hindsight it really shows especially if you try to get all 120 stars there's a lot of um it's like they were thrown in there just to have 120 stars like levels where you go around and it, and the point to get the star is hey you have to find five secret areas which are random places in the level that if you touch it a number appears and that's one of the secret places <laughs> yeah oh. that, that seemed to happen in galaxy too when i tried to go past like i beat the game and then i tried to go get the other stars and it just felt like oh we have to have 120 so let's just make sure we have them in there somewhere but yeah Sunshine's my favorite, Galaxy after that, Super Mario 64, it really doesn't hold up that well. I think we can all just agree that Super Mario 64 DS is the greatest 3D Mario, right? You, sh uh, you uh, shut your uh. balls, Minto. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, for the record, I don't really like that game, everybody. Because <laughs> I am a, a breathing human being, and that means I, <laughs> am not, I cannot like that game. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, if you've got nothing else to say about that, I'm going to talk about a Gundam show. All Gundam right. Double Zeta, which, like, first two episodes, I was like, oh, crap, it's more Zeta, which, by the way, I don't like Zeta. I think I talked about that in a previous episode. Zeta's, like, my least favorite Gundam that I've seen so far. And uh, Double Zeta's, like, the same basic characters and the same, uh, the same ship and everything and a lot of the same mobile suits, but then it gets, like, this new cast of characters, which are a bunch of, like, scrap dealer kids from a, from a space colony, and I'm not quite sure what it is that Tomino did right, but it was like he got... He made the original Gundam, which had some, like, funny moments and a lot of drama, and it was really good, and then he made Zeta, and it's like, let's do just drama, and it was like... He, he's apparently not very good at that, because it just turned out to be, like just uninteresting, I didn't care about any of the characters, and the drama was completely ineffective. And then Double Zeta's like, let's try comedy again, and then I really, really liked it. The characters all have a lot of personality. Instead of trying to be dead serious all the time, they, they're, you know, they have these little funny moments so that when they are serious, you, you have a connection to them. But apparently everybody in the world hates Double Zeta and loves Zeta, so... I am, like, the anti-Gundam fan or something like that. Is it the same characters in both shows? Uh, it's got, like, some of the same characters. The main character, kind of, without spoiling anything, is, he's... The two main characters of Zeta are out of the picture for most of Double Zeta. But, like, the captain, Bright, the captain of the ship, is still there. The ship is the same. There are a couple, like, side characters who are still hanging around on the ship. So it, it it's a direct sequel rather than where Zeta is, like eight years or seven or eight years after uh, original Gundam so it has like these connections to the original series but it, it uh, it's kind of disconnected from it Double Zeta is a direct sequel so you would think it would be very similar to Zeta but it takes a totally different tone one of my favorite examples is Bright the captain is uh, in the original show he was really cool because he he was serious and he's kind of the adult like the father figure of the ship but he's still a kid. He's like 19 years old. He's trying to grapple with his new responsibility, and he's not always perfect at being the captain of the ship. And then in Zeta, he's like, okay, now I'm an adult, and now I'm perfect at being the captain. And he's like, he never fumbles over anything. He just always gets the job done, and so he's boring. And in Double Zeta, he's back to being like, he's still struggling with things, and you see some weaknesses, and he has some funny moments where he's a little awkward, and I felt like I had a much better connection with him in Double Zeta than I did in Zeta, where he was just like this blank character that I had no interest in. So, uh, have either, I guess you have probably haven't seen it, Mitchie, but <laughs> Baka, have you seen it? I've seen the original Gundam. I haven't seen these yet, but the way you describe Zeta Gundam as mixing the drama and comedy, it sounds like sort of a mix between most of Tomino's shows, which are usually all like Kill 'em All, Tomino, or his ones like um, L Game and King Diner, which are more comedy-centric. Right. Yeah, I, Double Zeta gets a little bit more dramatic later, and the, the early episodes are, are very comedy-based, but I think that works better, because 
I think for the original Gundam, it did some of that too, where you had the a lot of moments where I, I was I was like legitimately laughing at a lot of stuff in that show. And then when it got to characters dying, it was like, okay, now you've made me care about them, so now I can actually like feel bad when they die. Whereas Zeta just begins the whole thing with the melodrama, and like I didn't care about Camille because he was never likable or funny or anything like that. He was just always brooding and annoying. Camille is the main character of Zeta. For Man, that sounds like every it. single character in Gundam Seed, and I think I bring this show up every time you talk about Gundam. Yeah, yeah, you but do. really, <laughs> seriously, fuck Gundam Seed. Carry on. Yeah, I was reminded of Gundam Seed as you were talking about it, too. So. Yeah, the, the problem is it's impossible to recommend Double Zeta to anybody because as far as I've seen, there's an inverse proportionality between Zeta and Double Zeta. So if you like Zeta, you'll hate Double Zeta. And if mm. you hate Zeta, you'll like Double Zeta. The problem is you have to watch the first one to watch the second one. So there's no reason to watch Double Zeta unless you're crazy like me and you're trying to watch through every Gundam show. Yeah, well, see, that's a path I'll be down eventually. So I'll let you know what I think of that then. Yeah, and I'll probably have a review. I mean, I've written a review of Zeta, and I'll have a review of Double Zeta when I'm finished with it. Uh, but I'm saving those. We might do, like, a Gundam theme month, so I want to keep those around in case we do that. Oh, cool. So, Mitchie, you've been playing Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> I do. Playing, reading, watching, living, breathing, eating. <laughs> Seriously, man, that's been my entire life for the past, well, since it came out, like, two weeks ago. And in that time, I have logged in 136 hours. Oh my god. For those that's keeping kinda... score, that's over five days of hey, that's my life. Like when, when Pokemon Soul Silver came out, I had logged in so much in the first week, it was pretty ridiculous. You want to know how bad this is? Are you guys familiar with the game at all? I, I've like heard people on podcasts talk about it. I haven't played it yet. I haven't okay, well, played it. In the game, they have a thing where if you click your right stick, you enter an aiming mode that's called Deadeye, and it just slows down the world and lets you, like, tag guys with your right bumper, and then you shoot them all really fast. I have spent 21 hours in that slow motion mode. <laughs> wow. The game's stat tracking is so depressing to me. Like, it's just... Oh, wow. I, I got 100% in the game. I finished every single thing in the single-player campaign. So I'm, I'm officially done with that. Um, so I guess I could talk about that since I put that much time into it. It's good. Moving on. <laughs> no, <Wait>. it's... it's <laughs> Red Dead Redemption is very good. That is a really great game. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't really care much for Grand Theft Auto 4 or the Grand Theft Auto series in the first place. I, oh my god, dog, shut your fucking face. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just going to make sure she's done. Can you hear that dog? Yes. Yeah, you can hear it. You should take him out in slow-mo. Yes! <laughs> and I liked Bully quite a bit, too, but I fully went into Red Dead expecting high hopes and very much disappointment. And that was not the case. There are things to be disappointed about in Red Dead Redemption, namely its <laughs> single-player story in large parts. But I... Let's, let's start with positives, because there's a lot to love about Red Dead. That game has some of the best multiplayer I've ever played. I love that multiplayer to death. And it's it's weird, too, because it's not very busy. It's, it's very big. They give you the entire game world, and it's huge. You get this giant American like civilization startup across a state, and then you can duck into Mexico. So you have this massive world, and there's not really a lot to do in it. So, to start off, you're kind of making your own fun, or you're taking out gang hideouts, and that's kind of it. But the making your own fun part is a lot of fun. We eventually got to the point where we were uh, just killing any civilian we saw, and then trying to escape the law. Right. Throwing dynamite at each other, throwing throwing knives at each other, having joust matches on horseback with just melee knives. And little things like that. You come up with so much of that kind of stuff as you play along. And that's what makes it great. But then you can also hop into competitive matches like Capture the Flag or Deathmatch or whatever. And it's it's all fairly simple. But just because Red Dead is so good. I, and because you can play with uh, like 16 people and party up with 8 of them. Like to form a posse. So it just means you guys are all 
on the same team. You can set waypoints and you follow the same waypoints. You have a leader who decides where to go, stuff like that. It makes it really cool. And you just have all this all this world to do whatever you want in. And they're coming out with the co-op package on like June 22nd, which is probably soon after this podcast comes out. And what's strange about that is it's a four-player co-op pack. And I'm interested to see how that works, because it sounds like a lot of the same stuff, but with less people. So I'm interested and kind of worried to see how that turns out. Mm. So basically, if this was a Nintendo game, it would have, it would have DS integration, and you would get all your friends and put in friend codes, and, and everyone would look at their DS screen to play. And then nobody would play it. Right. Uh, except actually, this isn't on a DS and it's completely playable. I have a question actually. So, I'm also I've never been a huge fan of Grand Theft Auto, so I feel like I would be going into this uh, kind of skeptical too. So, like, what is the big difference for so like what made you like this where you don't like Grand Theft Auto so much? Strangely, it's it's not a lot that's different. And I was talking to a friend last night while I was playing it. I can't figure out why I like this game so much, and. <laughs> I know that makes me a, <laughs> a bad bad person to talk about this game, but I honestly can't place it. There's something about it that just clicks better. Maybe it's the combat, maybe it's the characters and the story, but I just like everything about it more. The world is, is it like the is it the setting? Yeah, the, you, the setting in like... the world is just so well realized, and that's where the problems start in the single player. You have this amazing world and these very cool characters, but at certain points in the story. The narrative just erases people you've met, and it, it doesn't kill them, it doesn't do anything crazy. These people just vanish and stop showing up altogether, and you have no idea why. And a lot of them never come back. So you'll mm. be doing story missions for, uh, let's say, Bonnie McFarlane, one of the first people you meet. And after the first act is over, and you, you rescue her from some trouble. And she's like, oh great, thanks John, I'll talk to you later. And you're like, okay. And then you go to Mexico and you don't see Bonnie again for like 20 hours. And when you do see her, it's kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? See ya. And there are other characters you meet who you will have a lot of interaction with. You will help them out with big things in their life. They help you out with big things in yours. And suddenly they just go away and there's no explanation why. And that is really distracting from the story. So like you you felt there wasn't like a connection with the, the characters? Well, it's weird, because there is. They start building these connections, and they start creating these interesting relationships, and then it just stops, and they never quite pull through. Like, they kind of half-ass it with every single character. They start a relationship, and then it ends, suddenly, with no explanation. Mm. So they don't quite finish what they started in a lot of regards. And that, that is really frustrating, because the story itself is pretty good. It's fairly simple, but it's pretty good. I mean, you're hunting... You're a former outlaw trying to, uh, you know, reform and become a farmer. But it's not going so well. Obviously, you're killing things. So you're... So try- it's Unforgiven, starring I, Clint Eastwood. Maybe. I never saw that. It's a good movie. You should watch that. It's weird. I don't really like Western movies, but god damn did I love this game. So the actual, like, hunting these guys down is really cool, because it takes you to all these interesting places, sends you on some pretty cool missions. There's a lot of repetition, like Grand Theft Auto, you know, go here escort this person, fight this dude, stuff like that. But it all comes together really nicely. And it was, you know, there's enough side stuff, interesting side quests with random people, or uh, especially with the challenges, it gives you a lot of challenges. Fuck, hang on, dude, I gotta get a glass of water. Seriously, throw this at me. 30 seconds. Sounds pretty good, but since I live in Texas, it just sounds like everyday life for me. You yeah, know. that's right. You guys, you guys are just like riding on horses all the time, wearing ten-gallon hats. Yeah. Yeah, I go around shooting outlaws, eating rattlesnakes. Going down to Mexico all yeah. the time. Ducking in and out of Mexico. Slowing down time and targeting oh, enemies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the way he described making your own fun. When I was a kid, that's how I would play Zelda games. Actually, I would play yeah. that. I would play them as if they were, especially Majora's Mask, as if they were sandbox games, creating my own stories to play out. Oh wow! I never. Oh, yeah. thought, I was a dumb kid. I never thought of even doing anything like that. How could you even do that in Majora's Mask? Yeah, okay. do tell. Well, okay, like 
there were all the different these different masks and for me i created a character that went with each one that i was when i had that mask on <laughs> you role played i role played <laughs> that's amazing in majora's mask like there was the one where okay like one of the skeleton masky things where i was like the king of the undead <laughs> and and i would go around and all the little redeads and stuff were like unruly servants who I had to take care of. And when they left like pow potions and stuff, that was like their life force powering me up because I'm the king of the undead. But then those it sounds like, like an awesome childhood. But then those like Garo swordsmen or whatever, they were trying to get on my turf and I had to take care of those too. Oh man. And so there, there were some serious turf wars. And if I put the mask on, though, I could make them, you know, the Reedheads dance around and stuff. And I'd, like, sit around on my throne, the fresh prince of, 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 um... Of Termina? Of Termina, yeah. That's fantastic. And then the same thing happened with Wind Waker. Because there's, you could go around in the boat, you know, I'm on a boat, and... Why don't I have that on the soundboard? I'd oh. basically be pirate link going around... Defeating all those, uh, you know, the little outposts out in the water. Yeah. Hunting for treasure and beating those guys up because I was Pirate Link. So Isn't I that create... essentially what that game is, though? Oh, yeah, but I would, like, make up new storylines and junk. Nice. So, you know, the whole sandbox games, meh, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mitchie, here's a question. Have you played Alan Wake? I haven't played it, but Oh, my goodness. You... That, yeah. I did. Okay, so, like, if somebody... If I went up to you right now and said, I'm going to buy one game, Alan Wake or Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption, because you'll get five days' worth of gameplay out of it. <laughs> All right, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Is that it for uh, Red Dead Redemption? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk at length about, like, why the multiplayer is good. Like, it... Really quick, it has, like, these multiplayer challenges that are, like, you know in Modern Warfare 2 where it's, like, okay, get 25 headshots with this gun and get an upgrade. Right. It has a lot of stuff like that, but it's, like, go kill five cougars with your knife. I tell you, <laughs> it's not easy. It is not easy to hunt cougars with a knife because they will rip your face off. Killing a bear <laughs> with a knife is very difficult, but there's something about hunting animals with, like, five friends that is just awesome. And Red Dead has mm. so much cool side stuff like that 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 is what kept me hooked, and that is what kept me playing for five straight days. So moving on to manga, Baka, you've been reading something called Vermonia? Vermonia Quest for the Silver Tiger. And if that <laughs> title doesn't get you excited and also thinking of, of Vermont in the back of your mind, then, you know, something's wrong. By okay. the way, second volume is called Call of the Winged Panther. Oh, oh man! I, oh snap! So I got this book because okay, as I know, I've written an article before about my mom's classroom and how her kids read Yotsuba because she has it in the classroom library. Well, some some other teacher gave my mom this Vermonia since because of that, and um. So, you know, it's the end of school year, so I took it home, because manga's manga, and I'll read it. I thought it, I read the entire thing thinking that it was OEL, because it looks just like one. And the OEL name is... Original English manga. Uh, yeah. Original English language manga. And the name is like some sort of pen name, so I thought, you know, it's probably OEL. Yo-Yo 3-3. Yeah, no, that's a really great name. Hey, I'm Yo-Yo 3-3. But anyways, here's the plot. A group of skateboarding teens, two, you know, a diverse group, two guys, two girls, um, and they go around skateboarding all the time. Like, the first chapter is all about them arguing over skate parks. Seriously. This one girl's dad is the mayor, and, and he doesn't want her hanging out with them anymore, but she just said, like, I can't hang out with you guys anymore, and now they're all fighting and at skate parks and so, you know so so what we've established here is that they're cool edgy teens because they're skaters right you she's know. like f you dad yeah I'm except, hang out with my skater friends except written for i guess 10 year olds <laughs> 
Oh, but then they're transported. So they're not doing any of the edgy things that real skateboarding teens would be doing. Right. Oh, but see, then they're transported to a magical realm. And you know what? I don't think their skateboarding's going to be put used to much here. Because at one point, they are asking one of the locals in this fantasy realm, So, are you into skateboarding? And she's like, what is this skateboarding? <laughs> it's like, where's the, where's the nearest hot topic? We don't know what that is. <laughs> exactly. And like, okay, the little first... Um, it starts off, actually, with these four like guardian people who are all some sort of animal beast man thing. Like, there's this hawk, a panther, a... Oh, a white lion. Oh, I guess that's the silver tiger. And this other thing, I don't know what yeah. it is. <laughs> and they all skateboard? No, they're... they're Damn it. Being like... The, the, their world is about to be taken over. So to protect it, their spirits are leaving to come back later. And it shows a page with the four skateboarding teens and the spirits of those warriors went into them. So they don't know it, but but they're going around and they're the spirits of like these these old warriors, beast warriors from another realm. So are there paved streets in this area? Because like, how are they skateboarding? Yeah, see that that's the like problem. Dirt. In it starts off, it's in our time, and so they're skateboarding right. around. But now they're on this magical journey, which kind of makes me wonder why were they skateboarders in the first place? <laughs> Because they really could have been anything. It's not like it's Erica 7 and, you know, there's windsurfing robots. I don't see anything about skating in here. <laughs> it helps so they just no totally way. drop that. Head. It's like they could have been D&D &D players. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's the kind of dialogue like, little girl, you and your friends should give up. The time for games is over. Grandmother, help me! Your granny can't help you now. Oh, this one girl's from the Magic Realm. Her name is Rainbow. What? Yes. What, what were you gonna say, Vinci? No. Um. Nope. Sorry. Just very confused by that name. Jim, Rainbow, get up! Get out of there, Princess Rainbow. <laughs> she's a princess. Oh, she's a princess, of course. Her name is Rainbow. <laughs> and there's this cute little magical creature that's going to be their guide on their journey. Oh, here they are at the end. They've gotten their weapons, you know. I guess like Narnia. Are they all shaped like skateboards? Tell me yes. No, one guy has like a scimitar. One girl has so there's like... No, no pretense of the skating being involved in anything. I don't see anything. There's nothing about skating. <clears throat> and then here's the hilarious part to me. Most manga, it's getting a little bit better, but they all have kind of the same sort of me mediocre production value. The same little covers. This, look, this is fancy. It's like sort of hardback, not really, like thicker paper with a dust cover, the little inside information, like it's some real book, the spine, <laughs> the spine is colored. It starts off, not, not the spine, but like the pages on the side, and it starts off with all these color pages. It's like they got trash and gold-plated it. <laughs> so what you're saying is... Everybody needs to purchase this immediately. I'm saying it's like the most pretentiously packaged piece of cheesy kid manga <laughs> I've ever seen. Most importantly, where does the flying panther come in? <laughs> okay, one of these... It's a just winged like, panther. Just like this one is the... I, well, I, I presume that because it has wings it can fly, unless this it's is, like a, a, is chicken a panther, panther with chicken yeah. wings. <laughs> okay. The, the worst panther in the world. See, each of these teens, you know, like I said, corresponds with one of the those guys. This one, had on the cover, it shows this kid who's the silver tiger in him, okay? So, I assume that because I see the winged panther right here, and I assume that's another one of them. So, yeah, guys. Oh, check it out. 
<laughs> this is the most Japanese OEL I've ever read. As in, it's not OEL, but I'm having a little trouble believing. Oh, oh, look, this or is maybe what it's the... the most OEL Japanese manga you've ever read. Yes, yes, that that's true. That's what I should have said. And this is what it says at the inside, like, flap of the uh, dust cover, which is what I read last. Hi, my name is Saki. I live in Tokyo and teach. she teaches manga and animation at Nihon Kogakuin College, where I was once a of student course. myself. In 2006, I joined a group of artists informing Yo-Yo so that we could create a new kind of manga. <laughs> so... Guys, the future of manga right here. Yeah, if you want a glimpse into the future, buy this manga, Ramonia. <laughs> or you could have bought, like, Tokyo Pops Sorcerers and Secretaries or whatever a long time ago. That's a real manga? the same thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, so getting off of that, I've got a game to talk about. Um... One sec. Mitch, you're still here, right? You didn't leave for something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've been dealing with this fucking noise situation. All right. And by dealing, so, it, he means in slow-mo with a knife. It's true. <laughs> yes! Um, Seriously, dude, slow-motion throwing knives? My favorite thing in the world. Yes. Anyway, uh, speaking of slow-motion, you can go into slow-motion in Spider-Man 2 for the original Xbox, which I've been playing. How topical and relevant. Yeah. <laughs> So Spider-Man 2, uh, I just picked this up because I was like looking at my pile of 360 games that I hadn't played, and I was like, I'm not actually in the mood to play any of these right now. And then I saw Spider-Man 2, and I was like, I never beat that game. And everybody's talking about this like Donald Glover for Spider-Man, so I'm now I'm in the mood to play Spider-Man. Wait, that's real? I thought that was a joke. Well, kind of. <laughs> Enough people seem to be interested in it. I, not. I mean, like. I don't have a problem with it, but I'm not like a, a necessarily a supporter of it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, just just look that up. It's, uh, Donald Glover's a uh, a black comedian, and he like people are promoting him to be Spider-Man. Then people are like, "No, Spider-Man can't be black. He's white." So there's this whole big which is argument. like my favorite argument against it. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> He's black is your argument? <laughs> Come on. Are you serious right now? <laughs> this is a real argument you're presenting? Come on. So anyway, Spider-Man 2, um, it's a really good game. It's a licensed Spider-Man game, but it's like, it's awesome. If, you, if you've played Assassin's Creed, that's the best thing I can compare it to, though it obviously came out before Assassin's Creed. It's like, it's exactly the same as Assassin's Creed. Like, Would you describe it as web-slinging action? <laughs> yes, I might. Okay, just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> so, just like Assassin's Creed, it's like all the missions and stuff are really, really repetitive, and the story is kind of okay, but the movement and like the mechanics of moving around the city are like the highlight of the game, and they're really, really good. And I'm talking about the first Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's Creed 2 fixed a lot of those problems. Uh, so it's got, you know, you, you swing around Manhattan, and you like find people who need help and you stop uh, muggers and things like that and they're all like really repetitive and you have to listen to terrible voice acting while people tell you that somebody is again like an armored car is getting robbed and it's the exact same setup as the last 20 armored cars you just saved but the swing has like so much depth and you, you press the R button to um, to swing a web and like it actually has to latch onto a building rather than just going straight up into the air somewhere and you like oh that was that yeah. one okay yeah yeah I remember that and there was like momentum yeah. and inertia when you were swinging and you had to like yeah, you, that you was charge really cool. your jump with the A button and then you swing and you wait till you get to the, the end of your swing and you jump back off and then grab it again so you get this rhythm and you can even like press the L button which will speed up your swing but give you a little bit less control over the direction so you get this like crazy almost like reminds me a bit of that in, in terms of the rhythm, it reminds me a bit more of, like, Mirror's Edge than, um, than of Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's Creed was you just hold a button and he kind of just automatically does, usually does what you want him to do. But it was a lot more, it's a lot more active, like Mirror's Edge, where you're, you're actually, you have to pay attention to every movement you make. And it, it has such a great momentum and rhythm to it. Like, I will just swing around the city and that will be fun enough on its own. I'm sure it'll get 
repetitive after a while. I haven't beaten it yet. Uh, but so far, that swinging has just been worth it for everything. The only problem is when you have to do specific stuff, though. Like, if you're trying to fight an enemy who's in a certain area, it can be difficult to stay in that area because sometimes you'll, like, lose control of where you want the web to go. But when you're moving from point A to point B across the city, it's really, really fun. And you can probably get that for very, very cheap used right now. So uh, that's that's worth picking up, I think. Uh, you might get bored with it, but it's, it's cheap enough where it's kind of like a no-guilt purchase if you haven't already played it. And also, I want that game to get remade in, like, HD with a bigger city with cars that actually, like... Like an, uh, a volume of cars moving around Manhattan that actually looks like real Manhattan. Because if, if Spider-Man 2 for the Xbox is to, believe, to be believed, then Manhattan has, like, nobody in it, and it's a dead city, and there's, like, a couple cars, but there's no traffic. Hey, they could get the, just the Google Maps, Google Earth. They could have Google Earth Spider-Man mode. Yes. That, seriously, somebody, they just have to remake this game. I don't, they don't need to do anything else. Like, maybe, you know, fix up some of the, the horrible uh, writing in it and some of the lame voice acting. Uh, and, you know, like, make the, a couple of those little missions, like, they, that could be fixed up and made a little less uh, repetitive. But if they just made the environment, like, more have more depth and have more people in it and make the buildings more detailed that would just be worth it on its own just a, a Manhattan sandbox for you to swing around in in like HD I would buy that immediately <laughs> and I know there have been other Spider-Man games but I don't think they've done exactly that they haven't like give, given you the same mechanics as the uh, Spider-Man 2 game so anyway, anything else from you, Mitchie? You, you haven't been doing anything else other than uh, Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> what I've been doing is reading the Metacritic for Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, How is this it? This thing is full of amazing quotes. So it's short. Stevie Wonder could probably rock the combat engine like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I guess it means you could be blind and do it. That it's really easy. Uh, hang on. I'm pulling some really good ones here. Between the massive boss encounters and hours of swinging around Manhattan, you're in for at least a week of play. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't fathom going back to driving a car in the next installment of Grand Theft Auto. What? <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, just to be clear, though, they mentioned the, the bosses. The bosses are, like, really bad. That's actually one of the only bad parts of it because that's one of the things where you have to, like, stay in one area and it's so difficult to, like, control your webs in a small area and manage to keep coming back to the boss to fight him. Oh, this is my favorite cliche. Calling the city a living, breathing, virtual New York City. <laughs> <laughs> is it visceral, too? Yeah. Uh, some of these reviews are hilarious. All right, so uh, anything else from you, Baka? You've got a couple more things you listed. or Yeah, two more. Okay. I don't know if we'll get to them. I guess I'll talk about Magical Chase for a bit, for Game Boy Color. What is with all this old shit, guys? <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, old games are kind of my thing. I mean, I love old games too, but wow. Game Boy Color. Oh yeah, Game Boy Color. You know, I have bought more Game Boy Color games in the last couple months than other stuff. That blows my mind. So what is Magical Chase? How, do, how are you, wait, how are you oh. playing them? Just on a Game Boy Color? Um, <laughs> you know, different ways. It depends on if I want to be portable or on, on the big screen. Because I have... Ah, I like the way you think. Because I have the Game Boy Player for GameCube, and there's nothing like having, like, 8-bit bit pixels stretched across there. Mmm. Delicious. <laughs> Seriously, when you play DuckTales in... For Game Boy Color, across 56 inches, you're in for a new kind of experience. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. Especially, I want to especially do when you hold down the... You know how if you put a Game Boy game in a Game Boy Advance, you could stretch it and it looks terrible? Well, you can do the same <laughs> yeah, with, with Game Boy Player on GameCube. So if you have a widescreen TV and you stretch it, wow. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Pretty much the next generation of video gaming. Oh, oh, it's it's right there. I don't know what's up with this, <laughs> it's on the cutting with this edge. HD stuff. You can just, just stretch <laughs> those pixels. 
<laughs> bigger, better, harder, faster pixels. Yeah, why, why have more pixels when you can have bigger, bigger pixels? pixels? I know. It's like <laughs> pixels keep getting smaller. That's that's crazy. Yeah, we have to take Nintendo's lead with the DSi XL and start making things bigger again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man. But yes, okay. Have any of you guys? Okay, are you guys into like shmups? Nope. Uh, not really. This is. I mean, is Gradius? Does Gradius count? Yeah. On a related note, are you guys into having your balls hit with a baseball bat? <laughs> oh ho ho! But yeah, magical. Man, that that genre is just torture for me. I'm so bad at those games. It just pains me. Oh, to play. I'm terrible. Like Gradius Three. That's the only one that I, I can say. I am terrible at shmups, but I play them all the time. It's like I'm masochist <laughs> for shmups. But at least so, magical. What is magical? Magical chase? chase is an easy one. It's, uh, you know, it was on the Turbo Graphics and Game Boy Color. Oh, man. We're really reaching back here. Oh, oh, see, oh I'm bringing the Turbo Graphics, okay? <laughs> and you basically play, it's sort of like Toho, how you play with, like, this magical girl going around shooting, like, trees and <laughs> flying things. I don't know, there's, like, this boss that's, like, this piece of wood or something, like a tree trunk flying around. Take that, nature. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end, it's like this weird demon king or something. So pretty much, this is a game that neither Mitchie nor I would ever play. Because you said it's like Toho. And that's when my brow furrowed. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Because it's the whole, like, lowly shooting game. Oh, right, great. We're going to love that. Oh, oh, yeah, it's right up y'all's alley. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, I mean, the, yeah. I pl okay, I played it uh, two days ago. I beat it, and then I started it, and I beat it again, and I started it, and I beat it again all in one day. Did you, did you like, <laughs> eat lunch or something? It, it's short. And I just kept oh, playing okay. it over and over. I don't know why. I have a magical chase problem. <laughs> so, wait, so you said it's easier, right? It's not, like, bullet hell like Toho. No, no, it's not. It's not bullet. It's not like a, the Donmaku Bullet Hell games. It's more like Stinger for NES, which I haven't played, so I don't really know yeah, what that is. But, <laughs> and you have all these. You don't die when you're hit. You have like lives, and you can buy or like hit points, and you can buy more hit points and potions. So I don't know. It's kind of like Zelda the Shmup. Because you have hearts, and you can pick up more hearts. Alright, um, by the way, Mitchie, I have been playing something new, but, like, for one day, because I just got it yesterday, uh, Super Street Fighter 4. I mean, it's not, like, super new, but it came out this year. <laughs> Shocker, it is Street Fighter. Yeah, it's Street Fighter 4 again, with more characters. I've only played a little bit, but pretty much, if you want to know about Super Street Fighter 4, you can just listen to our podcast about Street Fighter 4, which is podcast number 15, which had uh, Kyle A. Bear, who's the voice, the English voice of uh, Ryu, and we talked about that game. S pretty much Super Street Fighter 4 is cheaper and has more characters, so just, if you like what you hear about the first game, um, then just buy Super, Super, Super Street Fighter 4. And I have something that's not... It's a book, but it, it relates to anime. So, uh, Baka, you can quickly talk about Eureka 7 if you want, and then I'll just mention my thing, and then we'll be out of here. Well, you know, I think I'm going to save to talk about it when I finished it, actually. Okay. Yeah, so um, what I've been reading uh, is... It's a real book, guys, with words. It's uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, which I've never read before, and, like, everybody else in the world has read it. Uh, How the hell is that related to anime? Uh, Gankutsuo, The Count of Monte Cristo, is a uh, an anime based on the novel. So, ha. <laughs> uh, and I, I plan on watching the anime, uh, but I refuse, absolutely refuse, to watch an anime adaptation of a classic work of literature without reading that work of literature first. Like I, oh, fuck that. I'm going to be watching Dante's Inferno very soon. You know, I'm actually in the same boat. I haven't read uh, Count of Monte Cristo, but that's the reason why I haven't watched Gunkotsu. Yeah, because I don't want to be that guy who's like, who, you know, understands references to the story, but then it's like, oh, you read the book? No, I watched the anime. Like, yeah. I don't want to be that dude. 
So I, I'm interested to see what the anime does with it because it's a really great story. Uh, and I, I could understand how somebody would want to turn it into an anime because it's actually like... I would not be surprised if like Code Geass was heavily inspired by it because it's got a lot of similar themes going on in it. So uh, I'm really interested to see what like the anime influence does to kind of change it around. I heard it does some weird stuff, like it's in space or something like that. Yeah. I heard there's some weird sci-fi stuff going on in the uh, anime version. And colorful patterns everywhere. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's good. I suggest that people read that before they watch the anime. Not like, I haven't seen the anime, but I don't know. You should read the book first. It's a really good book if you like it's also really big, like really big. Yes, it is. It's, it's a long book. But it's not a very difficult read. Like, some of the, the politics going on in it can be a little hard to understand, but the actual prose is not hard to read. It's not like reading Paradise Lost, which I just did recently, which is, like, painful and very difficult to read. Yeah, no, there is no way. I, could, I opened that book in a bookstore, and I read, like, 30 words, and I was like, fuck this. It took this. me a year and a half to book. read Paradise Lost. <laughs> I was just like plotting through it at such a slow pace. Hey guys, I've been reading I've been reading this book. Now I know it's a book with words, but it's anime related. It's called Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Keep in mind, Miyazaki did a series uh or Ghibli did the World Masterpiece Theater yeah. series and yeah, they had Anne of Green Gables, so there we go. This is now the the book podcast. The Annie book podcast we're done oh and you gotta and before you watch sherlock hound be sure to catch sherlock (laughs) holmes the the robert downey jr one you have to watch that movie right oh yeah before you can understand what's going on in sherlock hound absolutely (laughs) okay um this is the end baka you want to promote stuff and insert disc and such things oh yeah well head on over to insert disc we've got cool stuff (laughs) <laughs> what a sell oh I know I've, we've got okay we've got robots we've got moe we've got our weekly video show called I Don't Even where we watch bad videos that's on Wednesday evenings uh, like, I just re- recently watched Mad Bull you 34 you had me at robots and then you lost me at moe see that's the thing but like see it's okay because our, our icon if you, at the top of the page has an 8-bit Gundam sprite in it, so... What, what Gundam is that? I never took a close look at it. That's, um... I guess it's the... It, it was just a sprite I found from Super Robot Wars. Okay. It looks like the Zeta, but maybe. It might be. I didn't really pay much attention. I just wanted a robot. <laughs> and so Sorry. whatever we write, it's okay because there's a robot on the page. <laughs> uh... Yes. The perfect escape plan. And other than that, I've got my magazine coming out probably next month. I'm really just waiting on my other writers to finish their articles. It's called... You want to explain that magazine to people? The it's origins called, and such things. Well, okay. It's a, it's a magazine about mostly retro video games and independent video games and other stuff... <laughs> <laughs> but mostly retro game. It's called Ancient Technology is Always Superior. And the title actually doesn't have anything to do with the fact that it's about old video games. But that Llewellyn and Pats really don't want me to use that title. So now I have to. <laughs> and, and you guys um, are selling it like you're kind yes, of it's, uh, selling it to like local stores and stuff right of kind of grassroots there is a local store here play again classic video games in corpus christi texas that's going to sell it for us and other than that i'll probably mail some out i know there's i really just want to have it in the hands of people i'm not making any money off of it i'm just charging the printing and i'll probably just mail free copies to people as i can afford it yeah and I'll be bringing a stack of them to Otakon to hand out. Nice. And eventually, so that everyone can get to read it, there will be a Kindle edition. (laughs) You know, everybody in the world, because they all have Kindles. Well, I might even release a PDF or something. I don't know. But some means of, of digital distribution. 
All right, and maybe I'll write something for that. Maybe. Maybe. If I can find something to write about. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Twitter, going to promote that, right? You are Baka Tanuki on Twitter. Right. And uh, I am Vampvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O, and Mitchie is Mitchie D, which you can figure out how to spell that. Also, uh, Annie Gamers, you can find the site on Twitter at twitter.com slash Annie Gamers, no dash in between. Actually, Mitchie, do you have anything else to, uh, do you have anything to, like, talk about? Downright Fears, magazines you're writing for, etc. Oh, man, I have a podcast now. Oh, right. I keep forgetting about that. I've been on another podcast, totally not pimp that thing. Hi, I have a podcast. So if you want to listen to everything that's bad about this episode, <laughs> you can go to down, downrightfears.com or iTunes and subscribe to End of Line. That's a podcast about shit. You should have me on that podcast. It'd be crazy. I agree. We are, we're slowly working our way toward having more guests. But yeah, like, every week we do a thing where we have kind of a general topic and then talk around it and try to sound smart. So like this show. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Annie Gamers stuff. The site, as always, is www.anniegamers.com. You can find news, I guess, not, I always say news reviews. We don't really have that much news, but reviews and, and feature articles and the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood column. You can find all that on the site. If you want more information about this podcast, you can visit podcast.anygamers.com for show notes and blog posts and comments and all those sorts of things. Download links, the RSS feed. Uh, if you want to review us and tell the world about how much you love the Anygamers podcast, you can go on iTunes and leave us an awesome review there or you could subscribe through iTunes whatever you want that might be everything guys leave some hot comments for us yeah it's true only hot comments allowed <laughs> that's about it maybe if I forget something I'll edit it back in here but this is this is the end of the show as usual I didn't use my soundboard but it's all set up anyway goodbye everybody goodbye friends bye, bye.